Are you ready to take your mindset to an even higher level on and off the mat? Then you're ready for the BJJ Mental Coach Podcast, where jiu-jitsu practitioners open their minds to new ideas and concepts about personal development, entrepreneurship, jiu-jitsu, and life. Our mission is to inspire, impact, and or improve your life in some way, to support you during your consistent pursuit of becoming the best version of yourself personally and professionally. It's time to go beyond the mat with the host of the BJJ Mental Coach Podcast, Gustavo Dantas. Welcome to episode 133. I'm your host, Gustavo Dantas, and today I interview for the second time Renato Santos, a jiu-jitsu black belt and the owner of Browse Fight, based in Australia, now all over the world, but starting in Australia. Their team included big names in sports such as Roger Gracie, Paolo Miao, Talison Suarez, and many others. And with a vision to support the growth of BJJ at the same time as providing for the community in 2014, Browse Fight was born, founded by a couple of entrepreneurs with a shared passion for BJJ, charitable initiatives, and authenticity. The brand established itself around six core values, which continue to remain the foundation for operating today. Authenticity, compassion, connection, service, quality, and innovation. We had our first interview in 2019, episode 54, and you will learn more about Browse partnerships with the ADCC, big BJJ teams, Rolling for a Reason, Charity Water. So we're going to talk a little bit of everything. So Renato, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Gustavo. Thanks for having me back. Uh, it's a pleasure to be back. It's been two or three years since we last spoke. Uh, and yeah, I reached out. I feel like everything we spoke about in, in, in the past has happened. Mm-hmm. And I'm happy to share what's to come and, and what we're doing. For sure. And we talked, uh, we caught, uh, well, there was maybe like a couple weeks ago, we're just we're doing some catch up and talking a little bit about the projects, you know, the social projects, we're going to talk about this. And one of the things that we talked back in your first interview, and that's one of the things that many listeners are, because you know, we have a lot of entrepreneurs in transition. And back then, you were in that transition on having a job, running, browse. So let's talk a little bit about how was that transition of going all in full time on, on browse and dealing with the uh, pandemic yeah. too and all those, you know, everyone had their own battles. So tell us how was the transition and where are we at now? So basically, as we spoke back then, uh, I always had a couple of business, multiple businesses, but at that time, my main job was within my uh, construction company, which is a small, was a small building company. I'm a builder by trade. I started pushing barrows and laying bricks. And then with some education, I, came, I became a builder and opened my own company. So at that time, I had to dedicate 10, 12 hours a day to what used to feed my family, uh, and extra hours uh, I was dedicating to Browse. My business partner, Alex, was full-time at the time at Browse already, which was already a big change for us. And I think right after our interview, I started traveling a lot and doing a lot of businesses. And uh, it didn't take much longer till 
I realized I needed to be dedicated full-time for Browse. So obviously, as we spoke, uh, the mindset's the same. Russell, 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 get things done, uh, sacrifice a little bit for a greater good. So fast forward, uh, I think at the beginning of the pandemic, Australia was really restrict, everything shut down. Obviously, I was scared. My main business that pays my bills uh, wasn't creating revenue anymore because I had to shut all the building sites and stuff. Uh, and obviously, I got frightened a bit and on how to keep supporting my family. But soon after, I realized that wasn't the end of the world. Uh, government gave us a little bit of help and I fully had time to dedicate it at Browse. And then since then, two years later, through Corona, uh, I'm permanently full-time. I closed my old business, which is a relief. Uh, and here I am, everything's happening. Uh, and it just proves that dedication, depositing the right amount of time in what you believe is key to success. So that's pretty much it. Obviously, there's a lot involved in that of from relocation countries and things like that, which is happening right now. But uh, so basically it's being organized enough and having the family support to do the shift because in building I was doing X amount of money. With Browse, I do five times less, but I still have to work twice as much. So it's having that understanding of your personal life financials uh, to be able to do that transition smoothly and, and willing to accept that what you had in the past mm -hmm. maybe will no longer be available to you and, and being happy with that. That's pretty much the transitional part of it. There's a lot going on. Uh, I'm living in Australia now after 16 years, I arrived in 2006. And next week, uh, I'm moving to Brazil for a period of time, especially because of the businesses and stuff. But yeah, it's a big change, everything towards the, the company and obviously giving uh, the opportunity and, and showing the world to my family as well. So how did you end up in Australia anyway? And did you train Jiu-Jitsu in Brazil before you... Actually, yes. Yeah, so I started Jiu Jitsu in 1998 uh, under Master under Lotus Club, Master Padilha in Atibaia, where I come from, a smaller town in the outskirts of Sao Paulo. And in 2006, I came to Australia to simply learn English uh, to Sydney, where I am right now. Uh, so the goal was to learn English. Uh, pretty much to be able to complete my education in Brazil, which at the time was uh, international relations and to be able to graduate, I had to uh, be able to communicate and have some understanding of English. So I came at 19 uh, and uh, yeah, and then straight away I felt I wanted to work. I found this job washing cars and then washing dishes. And then six months later, my mate brought me into building. I started at the very bottom, uh, brick laboring. So it's, uh, it's actually, I think it's one of the lowest positions in the building industry, basically mixing mud, carrying bricks and, and pushing barrels all day long. I've done that for a fair 
uh, I think two years full time. Then I became a bricklayer uh, where we lay bricks all day. Then my dad pressured me a little bit to get some education, finish my studies. Then I did a bachelor degree in building project management. And I kept growing up, got my builder's license, opened my company. And, and, and then in 2004, I opened a second company, which is Browse Fight. And that's how it goes. So basically I came to learn English, decided to stay, met my wife here uh, and started my family in, in Sydney, where I am till today and excited for the move next week. Right on. So what was the main motive behind starting Browse? So again, I always loved Jiu-Jitsu. At the time I started Browse, I had already 16 years of Jiu-Jitsu. Uh, and I had, I think I mentioned that previously, I had my old Keiko gear, you know what I mean? From the guys in Santana. Uh, and, and I was using it like a 10 year old gear at least. But I had put weights, I grown up, I became a man. And it didn't fit anymore. And I always had the entrepreneur mindset of hustling, finding new opportunities, ideas. And because of building, I used to go to China, get containers of material, tiles, and anything that the house needs. And at that time, I had a trip booked, my gear teared apart. I told my, my coach, Guilherme Neves from Garage Jiu-Jitsu, that I was going to search and look for manufacturers in China. And he goes, yeah, I'll support you. You can sell it here. Fast forward, I selected the 15 uh, favorite factories, the ones that treated me better. Went to China for a month or two, or like 45 days. Visit everybody, selected the one I liked most. Sample, sample, sample for a year. Finally get my first batch of gears. Next thing, I find my garage with five, 600 gears. And I had to sell. Uh, six months later, I was receiving my second batch. Uh, 12 months later, I was shifting my entire production to Pakistan, where I am now. Uh, seven years later, Browse is, has two own factories, one in Brazil, one in Pakistan. Uh, we are present in physical offices in maybe five, six countries and then distributing to the entire world. Uh, lots of great partnerships, great people, great team, and, and key to success, pretty much. So for especially people who have business, right? Of course, even if you don't, moments in your life, you have um, struggles. And of course, with the business, you it's part of the growing pains. You're going to have some of the struggles. So with Browse specifically, what are some of the biggest difficulties or struggles that you faced that maybe you had no idea and what did you learn from it how how did you handle this kind of um, struggle because lessons right the experiences that you have that's all we can really take from is just lessons maybe minimize the chance of happening again doesn't mean they will never happen again but at least minimize the chance of happening again so what was one of the biggest obstacles and difficulties that you faced I consider my obstacles uh, in two separate categories. One is my personal obstacles, my, my psychology, looking after myself, my ego, 
uh, in, in, in dealing with that on the daily basis, obviously with help, with therapy and stuff like that. So probably that's the most challenging is beating up your ego every day and having the hustling mindset uh, towards what you believe, your vision, your mission that I have clearly, uh, is, is like it's clear for me since I know myself as a human being what I want to do in my life and what's my goals in life. Uh, and the second and in, in massive challenge that I face today is explaining to people why we do it and how we do it, uh, it is the most difficult because Jiu-Jitsu is a small industry uh, pretty much developed in Brazil, which is uh, has its culture on exploration uh, throughout, you know, it's a, a colony where people came, explored as much as possible, gold, wood, people, and left. And we stayed with that same mindset that we have to do things, uh, take advantage of people to, to, to get somewhere. And, and where we come from, that's really strong in Brazil. It's changing. And, and the biggest challenge was to show the community, the jiu-jitsu community, uh, why we were doing and what we were doing differently, which is fully related to uh, the, the structure that Browse has. Browse is a social enterprise. It's a, a, an enterprise, it's a company that aims profit, of course, to support our families and pay our people and growth but it's fully dedicated to its social cause, to its mission and its vision. And there is where Rolling for a Reason comes. Uh, a day before Browse was born uh, with the intention to change lives in Jiu-Jitsu and outside Jiu-Jitsu. Obviously we started a small, uh, focusing on the Jiu-Jitsu community and now we expanded to a number of different uh, initiatives and social projects. So the, the biggest challenge to answer your question was explaining to, to the industry uh, why we are different and why the existing model does not suit what we are trying to do. And when I mean the existing model is the, the, the salary format for athletes or, or simply having a website and selling gears, selling a product, a, a, a material, uh, Instead, Browse doesn't have the salary approach to partnerships and collaborations, and also is not only aiming to sell a product, because the product is only the tool we found to combine our hearts and our love for Jiu-Jitsu, combine that with the passion and the love of changing lives. Uh, and, and that was the biggest challenge because for the first four or five years, even last uh, time we met uh, for a podcast, uh, I, I was still struggling. And recently what changed uh, Brow's life, uh, believe it or not, was COVID. Mm -hmm. Because during the pandemic, all these uh, bigger companies, uh, not only in Jiu-Jitsu, they, with massive overheads, they realized that they wouldn't be able to uh, keep up with their overheads during uncertain times because nobody knew what was going to happen. 
a lot of people us, lost sponsors yeah exactly so for us we after fairly quickly two three weeks we realized we were in were not in that position of being worried about overheads but we were in the position of pushing the boundaries because we were ready in in our vision towards the business our business model and structure is pretty much self-sustainable and we didn't have to worry about firing people or giving bad news to people instead we had to worry uh, about structuring better and taking advantage of uh, the other business models that were failing at that specific time and, and a lot of world champions and athletes and other business came up to us in that specific moment in 2019, uh, 20, 2020, February to December, uh, and were requesting to hear us on how your business works, because I didn't give you attention two years ago, mm-hmm. but now I'm unemployed and I'm in a position where I need to understand what are my options. Uh, and that's where everything changed for us, is it's that COVID proved that, uh, for me, obviously, and I don't want to sound arrogant, that my business model is the only way forward in the long-lasting relationship between athletes, clients, uh, affiliates, teams, and stuff like that, simply because uh, it only works if we work together in a collaborative way. It's not a, 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 a employer-employee relationship, but a collaboration in between dreams and, and visions that can achieve bigger things and, and it's sustainable and with that you know i mentioned at the beginning to have some big names of course the, the biggest one uh Hodger being the the biggest name and paulo meow and talison and levi jones so we got a good group rep- the you know help representing the brand so how was developing the relationships getting them on board so how was the process so yeah, just to correct you, that Levi is no longer part mm-hmm. of the team. He mm-hmm. chose to to run in a different direction, uh, and I believe he's doing pretty well. Uh, he's an amazing kid, very mm-hmm. talented, uh, and, and I love him from everything we had uh, to do. He was uh, one of the first ones, right? Since yeah, like, the, he, yeah. Levi came in as a white belt, he left as a black belt, and and kept going on his own. But then with the others, like Talison is just an amazing kid, a very focused and business-minded. So he understands well my business model and he collaborates so much and it's vice versa. We have a personal uh, friendship now. And with the others are the same. So my model for those that are stable and have already a career or understand like Talison that uh, it's the only way forward that a world championship doesn't really mean you're going to be successful uh, in life. Uh, it's an easy task to present my model and of sustainability, of collaboration, and they understand clearly uh, what they have to do, what I do, and how I make them twice as they would be making uh, in business. Uh, and so for those guys, Roger, Paulo, Talisson, it's a simple relationship because they are already entrepreneurs and they, and, and I, all I do, I give them, I show them uh, the tools I have 
to generate more revenue for their business and, and things like that. It's either uniforms, it's either content, regardless, it's endless because Jiu-Jitsu is not the only thing we do, right? We have other investments, we have other business partnerships uh, and whoever is in my team has all the availability. You know what I mean? If you got private money and you want to invest in, in property, yes, we can facilitate that. Or in cryptocurrency, yes, I'm a trader as well. Uh, or regardless, a number of projects. And I, one thing I always say to all of them is, what is your dream? What is your personal project? Bring it on. We have a team of over 100 people that can help you to make your dream a reality. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter if it's jujitsu or if it's to, uh, you know what I mean? Anything to have a, a camp or a trip or, or a retreat or anything you want to do, just bring it on. Let us brainstorm with you. Let's let use the machine because I consider browse today, browse, browse fight today, uh, a dream, a dream machine. So bring your dream, put it through the machine and you're gonna get the results at the end of the of the chain. So that's what I encourage them. And if they don't have a dream, I give them the tools or I try at least, I, may, I give them my time to, to try to narrow down all the options to understand what they want. You know what I mean? There's always, there's more than only a, a gold medal. You know what I mean? There's always more than just having a gene, what else do you think uh, will make you happy? And that's what that's what we do differently. I work, I always say to my guys, like, don't call me personally to ask for a gear, to ask for a hash card, because that's not my job anymore. One, once, what it was, I had to go and pack it. Thankfully, it's not. So call me to have a, a therapy session, even though I'm not a therapist, let's call to talk about life, to talk about your family, to have a cry together, to, to you know, to show our um, vulner vulnerability to each other, because that's how I can help you most. If you want a gear, just message our ambassador's manager and she'll, she'll hook you up with a project. So I, I don't have time anymore to talk day to day uh, gears and stuff like that but I have time for anyone in my team to talk about life and try to to give them my bit of experience uh, in some aspects to, to, to help them improve them personally internally you know what I mean because I, I believe the work is internal and then you can do anything external you cannot love anybody if you don't love yourself and things like that so that's my work personally. That's how I do. And I don't know everything. So I'm constantly calling to people and asking for help as well. You know what I mean? Hey, I need, I'm not able to deal with the specific tasks. So can you help me? Because I know you have that specific skills and things like that. And that's all over. You know what I mean? Like some people go, oh, a lot of athletes go like, they start the conversation like, I'm not Roger Gracie, but can I? You know what I mean? Like diminishing themselves. You're not Roger Gracie, but you, you Gustavo Dantas, you know what I mean? You have a different story and I'm interested about you. You know what I mean? And I got one guy, Catriel, Catriel Oliveira from GF team. Mm -hmm. He started at a blue belt 
and always connected with him, you know what I mean? When we travel, I take him with us and stuff like that. He's not a world champion, uh, but he has my full support. He's a family man. He's chasing his dream. I know exactly what he's been through. You know, we talk as a friend and not as a sponsorship relationship. So he's my friend, but he's also a sponsor. You know what I mean? And I'm, I'm watching that kid grow and it fills my heart. Fast forward at the past, oh, why you dedicate so much time with Catriel? My team used to, to ask me and I, I didn't have an answer. You know, he was a blue belt from the, the, from the community in Rio de Janeiro. And fast forward, the same kid uh, has helped me to close a deal with Middle East. So Browse Middle East came in because of Catriel. You know what I mean? Somebody that if you look, not many people know him. And if I only pay attention at what he can give me as an athlete, I probably would never had the opportunity to understand what he wants. And consequently, he wouldn't feel interested about helping me grow my business and bringing me an investor in the Middle East to take a whole section of the world. So that yeah. relationship is the most important for me. And it's interesting, one point that you mentioned too about those big names that we mentioned, that they are entrepreneurs already. And it's fascinating for me to see, you know, I've been, I started Jiu-Jitsu in 1989, right? With back then, yeah. there's no one started Jiu-Jitsu thinking like, I'm going to make tons of money. You know, there's no such a thing. There's no, the, there's no like really, not many people had the idea of like really an entrepreneurship. And now the possibilities are crazy, especially with the, internet there's so many things there's so many routes because back then um you didn't hear in the 90s barely hear about seminars yeah. it wasn't such a common thing at all yeah. even when i arrived in the us in 99 back then it wasn't like seminars here seminars there. No, they didn't have this so there are so many opportunities now so if anyone already have the entrepreneurial dna man, they can make that work and they, they still can develop, you know, and yeah. maybe some people have a little tendency. They, I think they can improve and there's so many things that they can actually pull it off with a entrepreneurship. I was, I think I'm blessed in a, in a way that I understood that well, I was 16, that's when I made a decision. I'm going to make a living in jujitsu. How I'm going to do it, I have no idea. Again, we're talking about early 90s. But I knew, and back then, to try to even convince my mom that that was a good idea to make a living in jiu-jitsu, yeah. like, you're out of your mind, you know, all that. But she was like, how are we going to make, how many times I've heard that, you know, people in Brazil, how are we going to make money, winning medals, you know, that kind of stuff. And the number one was like, it's not about the money, this is something I want to do. And I already knew in my mind that like, there are ways, you know making a t-shirt and you do this and you do that, you know, and now online you have instruction. There's so many ways for you to be creative and explore the uh, possibility of many projects, like you said. So what do you say it's one of the most ambitious projects of Browse that you have right now? I know that you have a bunch, you have a lot of ideas and things that you want to do in different realms too, as far as like the social uh, aspect what is the most ambitious and then maybe in the business sense you know or you put everything on a package of just so, the project yeah. 
I think I get your your question is basically the the biggest and where all my mind gets focused is on what we're building now finally uh, is setting up browse foundation uh, which is pretty much a non-governmental non organization not profitable uh, that is uh, a registration of all the charity we do in a proper way so we can escalate and start getting funds and donations heavily from other businesses that are like-minded and people and individuals as well. So the biggest project we have at the moment uh, for Browse is what we envisioned on the day one. It's uh, turning rolling for a reason into the new called Browns Foundation, uh, where we focus on, on the charitable work uh, specifically in delivering education to the Pakistani people, which is where we explore the most, which is where our factory is. So we decided to start there. We already give education to the employees, to their kids and stuff. We're escalating that to orphanages and public schools. So we're starting there. Uh, it's going to be a, a worldwide organization but we're gonna register in one in each country and, and have a, a major uh, trust controlling it all. Uh, so that's our biggest challenging. My aim is to have that completed uh, before ADCC 2022, that it's also uh, probably one of our greatest projects so far in Browse uh, in terms of the business side, having this partnership with ADCC and not because of, of the magnitude of the event that we're pulling off, but simply because, of, because we are like-minded. Uh, that's pretty much why we're doing such, uh, we're working so greatly together, is just because everything I brought on the table with the Browse vision, they embraced it and, and, and vice versa. That's, that's because of Mojasin, the head organizer, he is really charitable. He is so, so passionate about jiu-jitsu. And, and yeah, it's just connected so much. And, and then I became one of the organizers as well, uh, which is a browse project, but it also became a personal project uh, with the level of involvement and, and things we are doing. So answering my main focus never changed is to change lives. And now with the Browse Foundation, uh, registration uh, I'm truly believe I'm going to scale up everything we've been doing and as you know uh, we have a number of social projects and uh, charity water and drilling water wells and things but this is the ultimate for the year that and and will be the ultimate focus for the years to come uh, I always say that browse uh, is a jiu-jitsu-based brand. Our roots in, is in jiu-jitsu. I live, I breathe, I, all I do is jiu-jitsu all day, my family, everyone, all the, all the people involved in the company. But uh, we are not only a jiu-jitsu brand. We are a social enterprise with roots in jiu-jitsu with its main focus on changing lives. Because the way I see as a business owner and as a consumer, like 
delivering good products, delivering quality material is not a quality, it's not a, a plus for your business. This is your obligation. It's like you saying, I'm a human and I'm honest. This is my best quality. Being honest is not a quality. It's an obligation of a human being. Do you know what I mean? If you're not honest, there's something wrong with you. So go find a therapist and, and work out yourself. But uh, so delivering good products is it's an obligation. So what else I have different? I have my mission. I have my vision. And that's the only thing I have been different from any anyone else. You know what I mean? And, and I don't see brows only in jujitsu because our vision is so pure and so defined that I'm pretty sure we're going to take new precedents pretty soon as well because of what we do and not because of what we deliver. Uh, it's pretty much, it's not a materialistic item. It's a, it's a humanitarian item. It's a, a need that we need to have. I'm a father, my daughter is six. I'm worried where she's going to be living when she's 20. And my job is to make sure that maybe I'm not going to change the scenario, but I'm 100% sure I'm going to change the way she thinks and she's going to keep doing uh, something better than I did when I was her age. That's my goal. Uh, and that's my biggest ambition personally in life and for the company is to keep going and stay true to our vision, to our mission and, uh, and sell gears, change lives, help people and, uh, and, and pretty much. I don't have the ambition of being the biggest brand but I have the ambition of being the most impactful brand. Nice. Um, I want to stay a little bit on the topic of the uh, social work. So we're going to talk a little bit more about uh, some of the ventures that you have. So still with the ADCC, what are some of the benefits you see in the long term as far as this partnership? What's going to bring um, not just to browse, but like to the jiu-jitsu community, to the world in general, that partnership where do you see that going? Besides, of course, you know, champions, all that kind of stuff. You, you know what yeah, I'm talking yeah. about. So, you know, so what do you see? Basically, with ADCC, all we started uh, with uh, a conversation I had with a, a guy who worked with us. Oh, what about ADCC? Let's go with the merchandising and stuff like that. We built this nice presentation. And, and then I'm like, yeah, but there's more to it. There's not only merchandising. Merchandising, it's easy. I was writing a grappling book and I'm like, maybe this book can become an ADCC history book. And then I'm a trader and I know maybe the same book can become an NFT and, and you know what I mean? But all that with the ambitions to make the sport bigger, more profitable and make money to the people that doesn't really make any money in the industry, which is the athletes, majority of them. Uh, the photographers that cover everything all the time and, you know, they make no money. So, so I brought, I put it all this together, a book, NFT, everything to the athletes, to the people. And I was fortunate enough that when I presented to Mojasin, the head organizer, he goes like, this is exactly what I'm looking for. It's a way of generating revenue in stepping up our game 
in, in, in the sport, we're going to make the greatest grappling event ever. I'm 100% of sure of that. Uh, it's already with the most attendees. We are heating up UFC style, a number of people seated. And uh, yeah, it's just next level. And then as soon as I presented the project, they go, yes, yes, good, good. And I was clear from day one, I'm like, but my, my browse is this. Browse is a, a social enterprise and anything I do, we need to return as much as possible to whoever is in the background. Either the community, the athletes and stuff, they go, yeah, that's perfect. Mo, Seth, Sean, the three partners, they go, yes, that's what we need. I brought a little bit of marketing and I'm organizing the marketing and stuff. So for the sport, I think people will realize that, yes, you can make money in jujitsu if you have the right people behind it. Uh, it can, yes, be mainstreamed because everyone is watching us. We just, we, we put ourselves in Forbes last week. That's the first time ever. There's sponsorships paying a hundred grand to an individual, only one single athlete. There's prize money of 150, 200 K on the line for the main event. We're negotiating double the, 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 the payouts for every single uh, category. And that's all because of the magnitude of a show in a stadium for 13,000 people. Uh, and the idea is pretty much prove the community that with the right attitude of organizers and people behind it, yes, everyone can make money. Everyone can benefit. Everyone can take a little bit of an advantage and expose their work. You know what I mean? And what what's, is filling my heart the most is that everyone involved, there's 128 athletes, there's 15 Hall of Famers going from Hanzo Gracie to Mark Kerr. Everyone understood from day one what we were doing and everyone is fully supportive. So just imagine on the Friday, on the 17th of September, every single Hall of Famer, and there are 15 of them accepted to be on the mats all together to teach a four-hour seminar to 400 fans all together. I, I don't think no one has ever seen that or will ever see that again. And everyone is in the same page. We organizers are not taking one cent everything is split in between those 15 guys. Some of, of them are hands of Gracie, well-off. Some of them are not so well-off. And that money that we're giving them because of their work and their history will change their lives as well. You know what I mean? There's people in the Hall of Fame that is not, you know what I mean? There are dealership dealing secondhand cars and things like that. It, it's having a tough time. So... And they see the value in that. And everyone else from the from the new beginner that just won the trials is having the opportunity to make money too. If he's willing to do the work, if he's willing to promote, if he's willing to work on himself and create his own business, which is his name, right? Uh, so 
that's the difference, I think. You know what I mean? We're not doing for money. Like these people uh, are investing millions of dollars in an event that will probably just break even in terms of profit because it's a very generous. Mm -hmm. uh, inside an event that this great man, the king of UAE, funded 24 years ago because he loves jiu-jitsu. He never made $1 out of ADCC. And probably this is the first one that's going to have some profit, which doesn't go to him. It stays with the organizers. Uh, so I, I think it's new, new times coming with the yeah. submission grappling. And I hope uh, the other uh, organizations, uh, and I'm, uh, you know what I mean? The, each one has its own prestige and stuff. And I love them all. I'm not a no gear guy. Uh, I'm a, a gear guy, so I I love the gear. I don't really care about no gear, but uh, the no gear is growing, and we have to. I'm doing all I can to make these people money, to change the the way people look at this sport, to go mainstream, to attract ASPN, to attract big sponsorships for these people to change their lives too. Right on. So another project that you help, actually, um, we talked about this not too long ago, the Charity Water. That's an organization that I started supporting about three years ago, too. I highly recommend for people want to have uh, just check it out, charitywater.org. And the founder, Scott Harrison, his book called Thirst, it's really good, very impactful. Uh, usually I don't get a lot of books that I just sit and want to kind of go over. And I usually I take my time. And that's a book that I was like really um, just fascinated by, by the journey, the work they're doing. So I have like my individual like monthly um, subscription that I support and I'll do a monthly donation for the past three years. And, and then you told me about that you guys support Charity Water too. So people want to learn more about it, charitywater.org. But now talk about your guys' partnership with them. Oh, so I came across Charity Water on a random day. I get to, to the room, to my room, and my wife is crying. And I'm like, what the fuck's going on? Why are you crying? Everything is perfect. And she goes, oh, I just watched this video. But uh, it, it went away. I lost the video. And then the following day, the video popped up again. And she goes, oh, I have to watch it. And obviously, you get touched because Cherry Tawada, pretty much, long story short, is delivering clean water to people. Believe it or not, <coughs> there's a lot of people in the world with no water to drink. And, and I got touched. And Browse is based on changing lives. So... We watched, I sent it to my team and they go, yeah, this is something we should do. Uh, I called the guys from Charitwada. I never spoke to Scott, but I speak to all the guys there. And uh, I started donating personally like you do monthly. But then I saw talking to them, they had the corporation donations, which is an amount of dollars to be able to build our own water wells. Uh, so after probably six months talking to them and going through all the processes and stuff, we finally made that first donation. And we picked Nepal as, uh, as our first project. So at the moment, we through month eight of uh, 
this water supply project that is not necessarily drilling the water well, but what we specifically building, it's a pipeline from uh, existing water well to this community, about I think 60 Ks from uh, where they were walking to take the water from the existing project. So that's what our money is going towards. Everyone's money that's contributing uh, through Browse is the construction of the pipeline that connects uh, existing projects to a, a village that didn't have at all any clean water. And, and I mean, charity water is a good example of what I aim to become one day. It's a, a, a charity that changes lives at its minimum, you know what I mean? It's delivering water, it's the basic, uh, and, and, and their model are great because every donation is 100% spent in the project. And then they have a separate type of donations from individuals, from large corporations that it's used to pay the people that work for Charity Water. Obviously, Browse doesn't have, you know, we work, we don't get paid for the charities we do for the time spent in the projects. Uh, but eventually, hopefully, we're going to grow enough that I will need a board of directors, I will need people on daily tasks like big charities uh, have. So I, I just love Charity Water. I, it's just such a, a basic need that we don't even think about. But when you they do that, such an incredible job with their marketing, with their videos, the story is incredible. It's crazy. And, and I mean, when you think about that, like there's millions of people with no water to drink, it's just mind blowing to me. So I got really touched uh, with them and taking their example, uh, we are going to start because I'm moving to Brazil this year. We're going to start doing some uh, own projects with water wells in the, the northeast of Brazil and things like that. Awesome. Uh, simply because uh, it, it's really cheap in Brazil and we have the people to manage as well. I'm doing the partnerships with the local councils and things like that so they can take control once it's complete. Pretty much charity water business model in a smaller scale in our country, in our regions where they probably will never know about that's needed. So bit by bit, different projects, different perspectives, but all with the same intention of making a little bit of difference to one individual. I don't want to change the world, but if I can change your life that much, I'll do all I can to do it. So now how can people purchase the geese? Because I know we have different factors. Again, a lot of things, uh, evolved since the past uh, three years, and now people having more access. We talk about even doing donations in Brazil for some. I have people here before that um, that talk that have companies with geese and so forth. They want to make donations, and Brazil super complicated uh, to to actually be able to even do that. And then you mentioned that you guys have a factory now in Brazil too. Yes, so recently, last July, uh, July 2021, after three long years planning, uh, we managed to open the factory in Brazil, uh, simply because, as you know, as you are a Brazilian, imports tax in Brazil are crazy, like 200%, so makes anything unviable. So we set up the, the factory 
uh, and we're operating domestically. So if you want to purchase Browse Gears, if you want to know about us and stuff, it's browsefight.com worldwide. We've got geolocation, direct you to your region and stuff like that, your language and everything. So browsefight.com, you can know everything we do. You can buy products. You can donate through the website and things like that. Uh, but basically from Pakistan facility, we distribute worldwide, anywhere in the world apart from South America. And the South American operations is mainly Brazil and the outskirts countries uh, in South America. But yeah, it's pretty simple. Go online, purchase, get delivered and stuff like that. Uh, Brazil is the next, next level of uh, business relationship with the government, with people and stuff. It's completely different. So it's a totally different strategy. But uh, generally speaking, it's the same people, uh, same principles and everything. And with the charities, uh, it made a lot easier for us because simply because, for example, Australia is a, a, a first world country. There's 20 million people in the whole country. The government is rich. It's really hard to find people in Australia that is in need for a gear. It's hard in a way and said on another way, because I have hundreds of gears that I cannot ship to other countries, especially now, because it's totally, you know, the prices are ex extremely expensive. Uh, the shipping is extremely expensive with all the crap going around, petrol prices and things. So having the facility in Brazil, it changed the perspective a bit because as you said, your projects are looking for gears, but either they don't have a supplier, they don't have the right partners that are wants to collaborate and stuff like that. Well, now we have one, <laughs> as you know. It facilitated my personal projects within Browse and my personal life, but it's also a facilitator for you, for other companies and stuff like like Alliance that have their own projects, didn't have access to product to gears and stuff. Now they do as well through Browse. And our personal projects like Projeto Viela in Sao Paulo, it's a project in the community run by Danilo. Uh, we donating the gears to them. Uh, Anna Shimich project in, in Blumenau, she's supported by us. Some some others in Rio, Salvador, Belém. So we're able to supply these people with the appropriate material now as well. So it's really nice. But I still struggle to send products from here to anywhere in the world. But because we're growing and we're having offices pretty much around the world, each location is responsible for gotcha. it. And also one of the things we mentioned real quick, but now we're doing partnership with big teams too, like Alliance, one of the biggest teams in the world and GF team. So how's that partnership going? How they like coming on board with the vision of the company? Yeah, so basically all those teams, uh, uh, one thing for us is I only work with the people that believe in what I do. So... If you come to me and say, I have a million dollars, but I don't want to know what you do. And I'm going to say, so you take your million dollars and go to this person that does what you're looking at doing. But if you understand what we're doing, then yes, you're welcome here. So I'm not chasing your money. I don't want anyone's money if they're not willing to embrace what we do. 
And with those large team, teams, Alliance, uh, GF team, even ADCC, or Fight to Win as well from a local show from America, uh, they understand what I'm doing. And in negotiation, it's pretty much like, yes, I know what you're doing, and that's why I want to join forces with you. It's not because I'm going to make 10% more or less. In fact, you're going to make a little bit less for you personally, because we're using part of those sales to support a child. You know what I mean? A child only cost me $200 a year for full education, food, transport, accommodation, and everything. 200 bucks per year. You know what I mean? That's really not much uh, for us, for our reality outside Brazil. Yeah. Obviously, for 99% of the Brazilians or third world countries is a month living or two, but we are lucky enough to be able to support. And there is good people around willing to support individuals and companies. And that's why you see these companies coming to us because I'm not only delivering them a top quality product, I'm delivering them a vision. I'm giving them the opportunity to do something extra. Because majority of people think, oh, what am I going to do alone? You know what I mean? The world is a mess. I cannot make anything. Yes, you can. You can do anything. It only costs $200 per year to save somebody's life and give them a better opportunity in life. One, you know what I mean? You don't need to help 100. Just, just do one. Maybe do half. Maybe do 10% of one. And these teams, these larger teams understand that and they do have that culture within them. So, I mean, was no rocks, rocket science. It was pretty much pretty easy coming, present what we do. The, the quality of the product is not a question. It's basically, we do this and this is our service. What do you think? And, and, and everything is going perfectly and working really well. Obviously, ups and downs, you know what I mean? Uh, we've grown up fast. I'm adapting a lot. I struggle every day with my internal problems in the company, structure, people, leadership, all those things I'm learning as well. Uh, but, but the main thing is stay true to what you believe. And everyone here, I'm fortunate enough that all my team, my entire team, is not doing for the money. That's the beauty of it. Everyone can make money, more money elsewhere. Or everyone in my team has two jobs because we don't pay enough yet, but they believe it so much in the vision that they still want to be working here and dedicating more of their time, even though it's not so well paid because they believe we can do something different. And I think our generation already seen that, you know what I mean? From 80s, whoever's from 80s, 90s, whatever, understand that we need to do something else. Otherwise, there's no way around it. Money, we die. We don't even choose the clothes we're going to wear on our coffin. And that's it. It's gone. So what else? What else? Especially those with children that has a little bit of understanding and self-knowledge that yeah, we need to do something different. And I'm thankful all these teams are realizing it, all these big corporations understand it and have a shared vision. Uh, and they are 
joining forces to help us out and vice versa. Because it's not about the money. None of them is about the money. It's yeah. about making a change. And that's the beauty of what we we're building here. And one of the things that uh, we chat a couple of weeks ago and you briefly touch, especially for the entrepreneurs out there, I think the biggest investment you can make, like especially in your entrepreneurial uh, journey, is investing on yourself, on your, you know, getting to understand, you know, uh, we talk about this, how some people, I always say not everyone's going to agree with us or like, man, everyone every human being can benefit from therapy. Some people still have the stigma of like, I'm not crazy. You know what I mean? I'm not about crazy. We all have our baggage, man. And when, and we need to, um, to work on it. And there is no way, Renato, that you'd be where you at, where browse at, if you didn't invest on yourself years ago, there is no way at some point you, we're going to hit a wall. So this is a, what message do you have for the entrepreneurs out there that, are not maybe investing on their, you know, personal development as much, or maybe who are underestimating the power of the personal development, the impact it's going to make on their companies. Yeah, I, I well, as as you know, we had a, a really nice chat. It started with something, and we went deep on, on <laughs> other stuff. But uh, it's the most important thing for me, you know, as a human being and as an entrepreneur. And I, I hit that, that key, that button every single day in my meetings and in my teams. And I pretty almost forced them to investigate their past and understand what they feel and how they feel. Because we can only give, we can only express what is clear in between us. If you don't love yourself, if you don't know what you want, you cannot love anybody and you cannot ask anybody for anything because you simply don't know. And you're just receiving orders and going with the flow. And when we realize it might be too late, it's never too late, but it, it, it might be even more depressing to look at such simple things you could have done and you missed all those years. And I've been there. I've been you know what I mean? My old business, I've, I've, I've put myself in the hole, in that a really dark hole where I didn't see anything else. All I needed to, all I saw was work, 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 provide, provide, provide. And it took me good four years to get out of that, that, that space to understand that money is important, get you places, but it's not the main thing. The main thing is life is having a clear vision of who you are, where you came from, and and how can you give back to the space you are. Because we all uh, human beings living a spiritual path on earth. We don't belong here. You know what I mean? We belong somewhere else. So understanding yourself and understanding what you like, what you love, is the only way to provide good education to your kids, to love your wife properly, to treat your employees properly, to create something greater. You know what I mean? So I've been there as well. I always said, I'm not crazy. I don't need therapy. And I've always been somebody that had always a clear vision of what I wanted. From eight years old, I got videos talking about what I wanted to do. 
which is what I do today. And it's not jujitsu or brows, it's changing lives. It's, it's creating charities. It's doing a little bit extra. It's saying thank you to the world for all the privileges I had in life. So in reading a lot and investing in your education, this is all key factors uh, to your self-development. But the most important is therapy. <laughs> and if it makes anybody feel better, I do therapy twice a week for about three, four years. Uh, and these are the only times of my week nobody can disturb me because I don't miss it. It's there. It's my time. It's what keeps me going. I get out of therapy. I become a therapist. I, I preach all my team. I talk about it so much that, yeah, it could sound crazy, but you know what I mean? It's the only thing because our brain, like me personally, I discovered things from when I was a child that I never knew. I forgot because mm -hmm. we tend to forget things that uh, hurt us. But reality is that you have to look at it and solve it. And, and, and then you can move forward and then you'll be able to pass that on. So you don't make the same mistake again or others don't make the same mistake again. So therapy uh, with a psychologist or therapy with uh, medicinal therapy or whatever it is, you know what I mean? Uh, it's the main thing in success. I mean, this is success, not, not selling years or making millions or or opening business or whatever you think people think is success. For me, success is understanding who you are in a way that you can express uh, and love people purely, truly, uh, and not, you know what I mean, because of things. Yeah, and uh, I have a few, a few speakers that I like. One of them, for people who don't know, Jim Rohn, he passed maybe 10 years ago or something i don't know and i've learned if you go on on youtube uh is r-o-h-n jim rome and man i learned so many incredible i mean this is like he was very big in the 80s and and so forth he was you know the one of the trailblazers of personal development so i'm always listening to him because i just love so many things to talk about and I was matter matter of fact, I was every morning I do my stretching routine, I do my thing, and I always listen to some type of positive information, whatever that is. So it just happened that today was Jim Rome. And one of the quotes that he mentioned that I like, it makes a lot of sense to say, success is something you attract by the person you become. So in order to become that person personal development you have to dig in like you're saying pulling those layers you know and working on them because um and if you don't do it, no one's going to do it for you and yeah. you need to like really take and often not necessarily but with me it's like you said you know uh, it's just many years of denial uh, that are like i don't need that you know until you hit like a kind of roadblock and you feel like you're stuck, you know, and in order to move forward, be like, hey, it's time to work, man, you can't run anymore, you got to face it, you know, not everyone likes that, but I tell you what, if you're listening to this right now, and maybe um, things are not going so well in your business, you'd be amazed how you working on yourself will make a huge difference, of course, um, 
in your in your business, but especially in your personal life. You know, so do not underestimate the power of personal development. So that's something that basically what this podcast is about. You know, I'm talking with entrepreneurs that yes, we have jujitsu in common, but mainly they are literally trying to better themselves through books, suggestions, experience that they have. So make sure um, if you're listening right now, try to create a little habit. Read a couple couple pages of a book every day. If you don't want to have, yeah, that was really cool. I had, for people who don't know, I have a podcast in Portuguese as well. And I was doing a, um, an interview with um, Jose Aldo. He's a good friend too. I was able to be with him at the beginning of his career and in fights and stuff like that. So in an interview, I was with him in Canada a couple of years ago for uh, one of the Novo events. And then we're talking and saying that he doesn't read and everything. And I told him like, dude, if you read just 10 pages a day, every day, at the end of the year, it's like around, you know, 3,650 pages, whatever. That puts you in the panel kind of book you're reading. That's like maybe like 15 books, you know what I mean? Probably 10 or 15, depending how thick the book is. But dude, 15 personal development books in one year and you actually apply and execute what you're learning, dude, that makes a huge improvement in your life. You know what I'm saying? And then, so he was saying that, so he was like, hey, remember, so he was saying that during an interview, like, remember we were talking about this in Canada? I was like, yeah. And it's like, I started doing that. I'm on my fourth book when he read it. He was like, that is, because he said like, we talk and then he went running. And then he said like, during that run, I started to think about what you're saying. I was like, that is true why I don't read. I, I can read 10 pages a day. And yeah. that's exactly what Jim Rome say. What is easy to do is also easy not to do. Because yeah. that book is right next to your bed. It's so easy. It's right here. But it's easy not to do as well. You know what I mean? So it's really cool to see, you know, that's a good approach of like, dude, just 10 pages a day. That's all. Man, the, the good start, very easy, very little book. And it changed my life. Is that uh, Power of Now? Just, just read that book. Like heart toilet, yeah, it's an incredible book. Yeah, just it's you you give you a good taste of like daily activities you can do just to be present mm -hmm. and, and to value little things that you don't value. Just look at a tree, see how the tree breathes. You know what I mean? That's the reason why we are alive. Just appreciate that, and and the little things. Uh, it's so powerful. It's like it can change completely. Yes. And, and when, you, when you're exhaling that, when you have the energy flowing, the negative energy hits in and go away. Mm -hmm. Hits in and go away. So it's only a, a, a forward moving, moving. And how attract people with the same purpose. Okay. You know what I mean? How crazy we're talking about, you know, some of the stuff that, you know, you just sent me a message and I was yeah. Yeah, working. You know what I mean? So all all that stuff, how they get connected, it's really that cool. Great, yeah. So we're getting close to the end of the interview. My final question is, so ADCC is a big project too, coming up um, in September. So after um, ADCC, what are some of the, the, what is the main focus you just say after September to wrap up 2022 even stronger? So the main the main focus now is 100% in the foundation. 
after ADCC is to getting started with the major projects we organizing now for the foundation inside Pakistan, uh, as well as growing even more in America, which we are not really strong. So we recently got a facility in Idaho uh, and is to fully set that facility for browse. And personally, I'll take a little holiday, <laughs> I'm assuming. I hope <laughs> it's been good, I don't know, man, like four years with no real holidays, you know what I mean? Like, it's, um, well, I consider my job a holiday, right? Because mm -hmm. I travel all over the world, I take my family, but there's always the phone around the screens, always working, but because I love it so much, it's just, uh, just a holiday for me. But yeah, the plan is focus on the foundation. I got great people working on it. My my co-founder, Laura McGlick, is uh, amazing. And uh, she's fully dedicated at that. Get the projects going, get some funding going as well. I have a number of uh, business friends that are willing to join forces and make it a reality. Uh, focus on the American market a little bit more, Brazilian market as well. That's why I'm going to Brazil for the entire year. And, and man, just keep keep spreading the seeds. I think that's the, the only way, the same way we are here, we connected so well and, and, and the energy is flowing. It's just to keep growing. I hope to support you with your projects in Brazil and any any more many more to come as well awesome thank you so much for the for your time Renato. and i think maybe you might be the third second interview maybe so glad that you're here have some fun uh in brazil i mean it's fun but it's work because you're going to be traveling doing a lot of work and mm -hmm. i hope everything goes well of course with any will with the dcc and seems like things are flowing well for the company and for sure maybe in a in a few years we'll do a part three with a lot more updates oh, yeah. i'm pretty know? sure on my my i'm moving forward so right on if i have to say something else lastly is everyone that loves jiu-jitsu take the time come to adcc uh i told you already make sure you're available you're my guest just so you, you're gonna see what's happening to the sport and you're gonna fill your heart with energy and, and positive attitude to move forward towards the sport itself. Cool. So it would be amazing. Awesome. Thank you so much, you guys. If you have any questions, please send me a message. Uh, usually I'm on Instagram, Gustavo Dantas BJJ, and I see you all soon. Us. Thank you. Abraços. We're glad you were able to join us for this episode of the BJJ Mental Coach Podcast. But the lesson doesn't end here. Watch the videos and download the audio of the 10 mental mistakes BJJ competitors make and how to avoid them for free when you subscribe to the BJJMentalCoach.com. Don't miss the chance to find out what might be holding you back from being your best self on and off the mat. That's the BJJMentalCoach.com.